Halloween is upon us, and if you've got the nerve for it, this year of all years, there's plenty to spook you out. Most notably, perhaps, a chilling new family horror called Relic. I'm Augusta Magellari, and I caught up with director Natalie Erica James to learn more about it for this bite-sized edition of the Monocle Weekly. There's a glut of terrific and terrifying female-helmed horror about at the moment, from the Babadook to St Maud, but Relic is certainly no exception. Starring Emily Mortimer, Bella Hethcote and Robin Nevin, it tells the tale of three generations of women caught up in a nightmare under one roof. As with all good horror, it goes far deeper than scares to uncover powerful truths, in this case about ageing and what dementia can do to a family. I began by asking Natalie how she'd come up with the idea for the film. When was the last time you spoke to her? It's been a few weeks. Gran? Mum? Mum? She called me a few weeks ago. I think she was scared. She thought someone was coming into the house. I first started writing Relic, taking a trip to visit my grandmother who had Alzheimer's. So the origin of the film's quite personal. On this particular trip, it was the first time she couldn't remember who I was. And so it, you know, made me feel a lot of regret and guilt about not going to see her more often. And I think at the same time, because she lived in this house that had always really scared me as a kid when I was, you know, going there for my summer holidays, those two things kind of came together. This The idea of this house that was growing inwards and bigger on the inside than the outside, and that being linked to my grandmother's Alzheimer's. A lot of films tackle this sort of subject matter, and often it's under different genre constraints. People find moments of humour or pick out the absurd, but this film definitely focuses on the blunt truth of the process of the erosion of the mind. I wondered if it's important to you, do we sugarcoat these things a bit and try and find a sort of romance in them? And actually, it's more worth engaging with them frankly as the destructive processes that underpin ageing. Yeah, potentially. I do think, though, that I'm, I guess I'm most drawn to stories that are able to capture the the duality of both horror and beauty. So I wouldn't say that in Relic that it's all just, you know, trauma and horror and the world is a horrible place. I think in some ways, you know, at least for me, it's a really hopeful ending and serves to kind of highlight the importance of connection in the face of these really dark and scary things. It is a really harrowing experience, but I think there's a lot of, I don't know, beauty in in being there for your loved one as well. And I guess in some ways, the brevity of our lives and the fact that they have to end, you know, just highlighting the preciousness of that as well. So yeah, for me, it's like a double, double-edged knife. <laughs> There is a kind of naturalness to it, isn't there, that, that that the moment of horror kind of precedes a tranquility. Do you think that that's something then perhaps that we lose sight of? I guess my intention was more to find the lightness within those dark moments. So it's not really saying that, you know, you have to go through darkness to get to, <laughs> to light or anything like that. But it's just to to not, I guess, flinch from those very human visceral, painful kind of experiences that we all have to go through. You know, the death of a parent, someone losing the essence of themselves, 
the fact that you, you know, your future is looming ahead of you, all those things, instead of ignoring them to kind of, to be conscious of them and to embrace them in some way. Reading around before I spoke to you, I I was sort of initially a little surprised to see you talking a bit about David Cronenberg. I wondered about the influence of body horror in the film and why you went for whether it was a kind of aesthetic decision to make it quite mm-hmm. so visceral or whether you felt that that kind of underlined some of the themes that you were setting out to explore yeah i think both i think you know it's a personal preference in terms of using prosthetics and as many like practical elements as you can to convey the body horror and that probably gives it that very visceral feeling but at the same time i also think that in a film about decay and deterioration and whether that's your mind or your body physically i think that lends itself directly to body horror so yeah i would say both you started years ago now with a short film called creswick which you described as a kind of proof of concept and I watched it and it's great. You can see the kind of, you can see the lines between Creswick and Relic very clearly. But I wondered how it was for you expanding the kind of themes, the narrative, the ideas of a, of a short film into feature length film. It was actually, you could say it was reverse engineered. We already had a first draft of Relic when we made Creswick. So it was quite a conscious move to try and come up with a more succinct story that summed up the same themes and you know the same kind of setting and tone and yeah very much a you know it's always great to explore ideas and to try new things and you know make sure these things are going to work but very much used as a selling tool for raising finance for the film. People have spoken about Relic in the same breath as they mentioned films like The Babadook and Hereditary and this kind Mm -hmm. of this sort of elevated horror genre which I think is maybe... I don't know how useful that is as a descriptor for these films, but what attracted you to horror? And is it is it kind of? Do you think it's where you you see yourself working, or is was it just that your first film you wanted to make a horror film? No, I think horror has been big interest of mine for a while, and certainly an area that I want to continue to work in. But when I first started out as a filmmaker, I was more drawn to psychological drama and I guess the darker side of that. And in in a certain way, you know, like my graduate film at film school 10 years ago was a horror film. So it kind of was a slippery slope into embracing the more outright genre elements. And yeah, I mean, I suppose I feel like horror has done this historically anyway you know drawing on real fears and using the horror genre to to talk about them in a thrilling engaging kind of way so it's not necessarily anything new but it does feel like at the moment there's maybe it's like the audience perception of horror has expanded and that's a wonderful thing that there's this willingness to engage even if you're not into you know slasher films for example yeah and this sort of understanding that they can do more right than just provide cheap thrills this house is the only thing left all our memories mum what is it it's here a moment ago you kind of mentioned this idea of a house that grew inwards of a house that gets bigger and is disproportionately large on the inside from how it seems on the outside and place you know is clearly very important in the film one of the things that struck me was this fact of when you know when the character of the grandmother leaves the house she 
it's as though some of the weight of some of the oppressive weight of this kind of menace lifts. And I wondered why you chose to tie the processes of deterioration, kind of the mental and spiritual degradation of herself until she's not herself anymore, so closely to the house itself. Yeah, I guess you could, I could tie it back to the origins of the story and, and the trip that I took because almost the first image I had was again the idea of this, my grandmother's house had these upstairs rooms that were filled with a lot of increasingly hoarded kind of items and some of it was junk but a lot of it was mementos and you know family memories essentially and I thought that that was kind of in a way her her own way of holding on to things that were quickly slipping away and that was kind of what was driving the hoarding to some degree some subconscious way and so I think, yeah, the, the stuff that we accumulate in our homes is kind of indicative of the lives that we've lived, right? And the, the home itself will see neglect. And that's certainly in the film, you know, you, you feel really acutely the, the state of things falling into decline and what, what they used to be and the, the people that, you know, used to inhabit them and the memories that were made there. So I think that the idea of the house being so tied up in, in memory and the preservation of memory, but also in this film, the erosion of memory as well. That was kind of the connection. Yeah, it's kind of the ultimate expression of the uncanny, isn't it? Was there something cathartic in the process of making? I know that making a film, you know, is not something that one does overnight, perhaps like writing a song <laughs> or a short story, that it that it's a, a, a laborious process. But, you know, given that it was built on this very formative and upsetting experience you had, did you find it useful in working through your own feelings towards that? In retrospect, I would say yes. I think as a, a writer and a director, you, you kind of just start writing things that interest you and the things that you're kind of grappling with. But I don't think you ever go into it thinking, oh, this is going to be therapy for me. <laughs> and this is how I'm going to work out my feelings about this. But yeah, in retrospect, now that it's been a year since I finished it, I can certainly see you know, the ways in which my view on things has changed. And certainly in the writing process, you are really forced to, uh, you know, really look at yourself and the things that you've been through and drudge up a lot of shit to, <laughs> to, you know, craft something. So I think particularly as well, because my family have been able to be along for that journey and, you know, were able to visit Sed and came to like the Sundance premiere as well. That's been kind of amazing to to do that together. I guess there's a there's a huge learning curve between making maybe your debut and, and your sophomore features. Are there any key sort of lessons beyond logistics, beyond a renewed appreciation perhaps for the importance of deadlines or anything like this? <laughs> Are there any kind of key lessons about the writing process that you, you, you've you kind of taken from it? Yeah, I mean, I've learned so much. I guess one easy one to point to is if you have any concerns about a scene on the page, because you can fudge things in writing sometimes and it can get through always address it in the writing stage because it gets worse in pre-production and it's amplified when you're on set. So <laughs> there's no shortcuts. Like if you have any reservations about what you've written, you've got to like, it's a sure sign. That's what you've got to, yeah, <laughs> focus on. She can't live on her own anymore. She has to be watched. Everything all right, Grant? I thought this was where it got in. Who? Whoever it was coming into the house. 
Natalie, Erica, James there, and Relic is out now in cinemas and streaming online. I do encourage you to see it. It's moving, thought-provoking, and yes, absolutely terrifying. Perfect for Halloween. I've been Augustin Magellari. This interview was edited by Jack Dewars. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.